Hi, this is Karina Ganters, host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Behind the pen. I hope you're all well and happy as we all should be, no matter what we're all going through. You keep a positive attitude, that's the way to go. I am Karina Gantis, your uh, host for Behind the Pen. I'm an author of 14 books, an award winning filmmaker. I'm a podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber. I am the host of the Artist First Radio Network show author assist and I also run author assist which helps authors with their marketing and promotion everything from brainstorming the idea right through to selling the final product when it's in their hands my guest today I'm very very excited about the show my guest today is Dr Kelly Remy welcome to the show Kelly well thank you for having me now normally I will start off with Uh, Behind the pen is all about blah, 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 having a pen. What do you use your pen for? Well, I know you're an author, but it's what you write about that's got me very, very excited for today. So can you introduce yourself and um, let everyone know um, what is it you do? Well, um, my name is Dr. Kelly Renee Schutz. I am a retired, we'll start with that. I'm a retired college professor also paralegal litigation specialist and also an event manager. So what I have done in the last um, year is flip my career to my current career, which is, um, yeah, which is to, um, I'm a podcaster of two very popular paranormal podcast shows. I'm also, I've got my hands in many, many other projects. I also do voiceover work. I do relationship discussing or counseling. Um, and, and I'm also an artist and a photographer. So wow. I do all kinds of things. Yeah. And I'm a writer. I guess I better throw that in there because that's You've what got this is all published. Yeah, all you're a published author. Yeah. You wear lots of hats, don't you, Kelly? I do. Yeah. You were a teacher, a professor. What got you into this? Was it an experience you had yourself or was it just interested in the whole things to do with uh, aliens and the paranormal? So you wanted to know about how I managed to fall into the paranormal Mm. and also possibly the extraterrestrial realms here. And I would say that um, if I had to pinpoint this, Um, I have had experiences since the age of nine, but I didn't realize at the age of nine that um, this was occurring. Yeah, I had um, experiences at my grandparents' house and then um, which which basically ultimately showed that self itself back to me in my 30s when I went back into that house um, and wanted to conquer my fears of being there. And uh, if you want, I can tell you just a brief, brief story about that. Um, 
So when I was younger, I would have to stay at their house um, at, after school. And a lot of times they were out running errands. And so when I was in this house, and it was an older house, it was probably in its 1800s. Mm-hmm. And um, I was starting to feel really anxious, like something was in there watching me. And um, most people would pass that off as the age of the child, uh, growing pains, just unfamiliar environments, stuff like that. But what happened with me is that um, there was one day that I was sleeping on the couch and I heard these noises in the kitchen. And so they weren't home, my grandparents weren't home at the time. And so um, as I walked to the kitchen, and I stood in the doorway, there was absolutely nothing there. And also what happened um, was that I felt really sick right at that moment, it was dead silent. And I just, I left the house because I just knew that it was just too creepy to be in there. Well, in my thirties, I decided to go back to this house to face my fear. Can I just state that because you were at that age and you said yourself that you weren't sure exactly what happened you knew that something wasn't right you got out of the house but it wasn't until you were older and the other experiences you had you put them all together and realized what happened that time when you were younger you might have even blanked about it and totally forgot about it until you it suddenly clicked that everything together that that meant something that's right yeah yeah i'll expand on that too so when i finally hit um reached the point of graduating from high school and went to college i did forget about this stuff but i never forgot about how i felt in that house and so as time went along my interest in the paranormal really kind of fell to the wayside but Mm -hmm. there there came a time when my grandparents they're both passing away And we were allowed to go back into the house to look at a few things. That's right. And then so basically what happened was I said to myself, I'm going back in there. I remember what happened when I was there in my younger years. And I'm going to prove to myself that it was nothing more than fear, anxiety, growing pains or whatnot. So I went back into that house in my 30s. So yes, there was a lapse in time. That is correct where I just completely forgot about the paranormal. Now I might've had experiences happen to me throughout this time, Mm -hmm. but when you're distracted with other things, you just put that aside. So then I went back in my thirties and this is where um, it proved to me that what I was imagining at that age wasn't imagination at all. Yeah. Did you want to hear a story about that or do you want to tell me what happened when you walked back oh. into that house? Yep. Okay. So I went in there by myself and I said, I'm going to conquer my fear here. There's no, nothing to be afraid of. This is just a house. And so um, if you can imagine walking up a stairway, okay. And there's a curtain at the top of the stairs. It's a draft curtain. It's pulled over. So that way, all the drafts just kind of stay up on the second floor. That was, that's creepy enough because I had to go through the curtain in order to get upstairs to go look at this box of stuff that I, you know, other stuff. And so, um, you know, I whipped the curtain back really fast 
And I just went up there and I went and sat in what is called the pink room. And the pink room had a bed in it. And I sat at the edge of the bed. And basically I wasn't in there for very long when all of a sudden this really unusually decaying smell started surfacing and it was pretty raunchy, you know. Um, one of the things that I said to myself was, is there a dead mouse in this room? And I, so mm -hmm. I started to just kind of look around and um, I went over to the window and I noticed on the curtain at the bottom that it was singed like a fire had just started on it. And basically in a nutshell, I said, well, this is odd because um, the way this, this fire singe is on the bottom of this curtain, it should have gone up and got up in flames. You know, A couple days before I was in this house and I learned this later on, a lightning strike had hit this house, but it was as if something was putting out this fire. Okay, so it was at this point also where that smell got really strong and I started to get a little disoriented, dizzy, headaches were occurring. And I thought, I don't know if this is a smell from a dead animal in here or what it is, but it is really making me ill. And so I kind of put two and two together and I tore out of that house. If you can see me leaping five steps at a time, jumping down the stairwell, it at the age of 30 something, you, you know, I just got out of there. I haven't been back to that house since, but there were other situations that did occur in there since that time. But I mean, the, the stuff that happened uh, between those 30 years, 30 years, between 15, 20 years, pretty, whatever. Yeah, pretty uh, close. That you, you pushed aside and didn't think about. Now you're thinking about it and saying, you know, this happened and now I know why it happened. Yep. Being, yeah. being terrified at 30 of, of, of that house and then suddenly getting an interest in the paranormal, you must have suddenly lost your fear and decided you wanted to face it and to find out more of why it happens, what it happens, why it happens to you, why you, it, it sort of magnates like a magnet towards you why you um so when what when was it that you went from terrified to investigation okay that's easy to answer that's a good question okay so i need to add a little bit more into this story to really start to cement where this took off mm -hmm. all right so there in my young 40s, I guess I would say that just just turning the corner to 40, age 40. I went to my other my father's side grandparents house. Okay, his his childhood home, which was my grandparents house in a rural area, um, probably about 15 miles away. Mm -hmm. And I have to add something in here to you. Um, when I was right about age 14, and we rarely visited that property because it was, you know, at a distance or whatever, um, I used to walk around the outside of that property 
which had a very unique Victorian home on it. It was built by my great grandfather back in 1901. And I used to walk around and I used to say, you know, this property feels a little bit different. Now, this is the other grandparents' house. I wish I could see a ghost. And I used to say that all the time. I wish I could see a ghost. I wish I could see a ghost. And the reason why I was saying that was because I was hearing reports from um, friends that, oh yeah, I had this ghost experience. And I thought, why, why am I not having a ghost experience? This is kind of odd. Anyway, long story short, the moment that it finally cemented or it finally took off was in 2007 when I was on that property and a tornado had just went, really strong wind had just went through that property. So I went over there just to check the house and and look around to see what trees were falling down and all that sort of thing. And I was taking pictures and it just so happens that, yep, May 6, 2007, I photographed in a screened window um, a young lady gal and an older man. And I didn't know this at the time, but I did feel, remember when I said that the kitchen sounded dead silent? Mm-hmm. Well, this property also sounded dead silent. And no, there's just something, yeah, it's really weird. You can just like, all of a sudden you're like, I remember this sound from back in my other grandparents' house. Well, I took my photos to get developed, right? And um, I said, how, how is a ball able to be up in the corner of that window? And remember, this is a screen, not a pl- glass plate window. And um, I thank God for technology. Um, I took the photograph and I had what had the ability to blow it up on my laptop, right? And there, sure enough, was a small little girl and an older gentleman hovered over her and they're both looking right at me at the camera. Now, the little gal, she looked about six years old. But and the the older gentleman, he looked about in his later 60s. And I, I, I said to myself, what on earth? So remember, I had wanted to see a ghost so badly on that property. Well, I just photographed two of them. Was it a full apparition, a, a real full shape of two people, not a silhouette or a shadow or nothing? Yeah, very clear. Um, in my books, um, I have 10 of them out on Amazon right now, but in all of my books, I have put that story and that picture. And you've yes, actually got the picture clear. of it in the book. Oh, yeah. If somebody was to say to me, did you photograph that in a, in a window? I said, yes. Um, did you photograph it where it like had the glass plate on it? No, it was a screen. And the images were very, very clear. You could see the you could see the man had a mustache and and glasses and 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 you could see his hair and you could see her her. Have you got a copy of the book with you close by? Do I? Yeah, I do. Hang the on. The one with me. the picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on. Let me see if I can oh, wow. get it here really quickly for you, and I'll put it up to the camera here. Yeah, please. But the one thing, yes. The one thing about this though, is that I also learned at that time, I'm just going to find the chapter here. Um, 
the one thing I also learned at that time was that I had, um, uh, I was telepathic, which means I could hear messages coming to me. And so basically I had asked the question over and over again, and I'm just going to the page here. I'd asked the question over and over again, why did they show to me nobody else in this window? And the answer that came to me was check the genealogy. Now I have to explain something about that. Mm -hmm. I am, I do a lot of genealogy in my family, the family history. Yeah. And it just so happens that I wrote the name down on the young lady who matches the picture in the book. If I can find, I didn't put her actual picture in the book. Give me two seconds. I'm getting there. Yeah. But um, in a nutshell, uh, they kept saying something to my mind, like check the genealogy. And I realized that here we go. I wrote the page down wrong. Um, or not the page, I'm sorry, I'm doing two things at the same time, um, that I wrote her name down wrong, and I misidentified her. And right. so after I did more research, I realized that the young gal that showed up in the window was my great aunt, and that was my great grandfather who built the house. He built One the more house. thing on that, he actually passed away in a house two miles down the road. And so when you're an apparition, you don't always stay where you pass away. No, if you want to follow connection, yeah, you, you stay to yeah. something you're connected to. Right. Okay. Let's see if I can give you a decent image of this. So here's the house. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was premier of its time. I'm just looking to see. Do you see where the arrow is? I'm going to. Yeah. Move. Yeah. I can see the image. Yeah. Is this actual okay. photograph? It looks like an illustration. Yeah, give me a second here. I'm going to move this to the, I'm going to see if you can see this. I need to see. Okay. Do you see that? Oh, I can see the guy with the mustache. Yeah. Yep. Now look under his chin. Do you see the young girl's head? And she's got a part down the middle of her head. See, I can't see real yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in front of him and he's behind Correct. her. Yeah. Correct. Yes. And they're looking right at me when I'm taking that photograph, obviously. He has, let me see if I can put this up again. I'm trying to get a decent picture here. Yeah, no, I can see very clearly. He has a really puzzled look on his face, kind of like, who am I? And she's smiling. Can you see that she's smiling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's smiling and she's got a part down the middle of her head, okay, for her hair. And so along that lines, the image here matches the picture of her except one factor. The factor is that she's showing herself at the age of six, around age six. He's showing himself at the age of, um, um, in his uh, later 60s, but he passed away around 80 and she passed away around 10. So you're gonna ask me maybe the question why do they show themselves younger to me in the window than, um, than when they actually passed away? And I can answer that very simply. So when individuals are at their happiest or healthiest and they're feeling pretty good about themselves and they've got energy, they will try to show themselves to you at that state or that age. However, also adding to this, they also show themselves to you where you can, where they can be recognized. And so if they were older and um, 
and she looked really sickly, for example, when she was passing away or dying. And same with him. We may not have, their faces might've been too distorted um, or too gaunt or too mm-hmm. whatever to be able to match up to their actual pictures. This, if you look at her closely enough, her, the part down the middle of her hair and the shape of her face it matches our family facial features to a T and also matches the image of her when she was 10 years old. Why did she die so young? Oh, I can't remember what it was, scarlet fever. Oh, probably, yeah. Those fevers back in the day, they didn't have medication. And she did die in a hospital. And I do know that her um, that her doctor was absolutely devastated. So that brings up a good point, though, what you ask here, because um, when I was doing my research, I was looking to find the doctor that, um, that took care of her while she was dying in the hospital. And... I found a picture of this doctor. And so I was debating for a very long time if the image above this girl is my great grandfather or the doctor. That is correct. And so I lean in the direction that it's um, my great grandfather because he built this house. But um, But it could could also be the doctor who took care of her because I guess he was absolutely, from what I understand, just devastated that he couldn't save her. So. so this book that you've just shown me, for all those that are listening to the audio, you can uh, go over to the YouTube and uh, watch and see exactly what I've seen. Um, so that book is a collection of all your experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I've had about um, uh, over a hundred experiences to date since the age of nine, even though remember there was that period of time that I wasn't paying attention to this, but at, at the um, year of when this picture occurred, that is to answer your other question, that's when, when it all clicked. took off for me. And yeah. the reason why is because tele- from telepathy, from being telepathic, yeah. when I heard the message, check the genealogy, which never would have occurred to me at the time, um, simply I just I decided that maybe other ghosts can talk to me and so then I started my uh, ghost hunting researching investigating and I went to every haunted thing that that I could possibly go to not everything but what I'm saying is special places that advertise themselves as being haunted I figured if that's the case and they're advertising I'm going to go in there and I'm also going to see if something um, comes to me I think and in all the cases they did so I once, have once once you once you accept it and you're open mm-hmm. to it that's yeah. when everything then magnates to you like a magnet because you've ex- you're you're open now to the spirit world yep that's correct that is correct because I'm so open but the thing is is now that I'm that open <laughs> I, I can't always shut can't it close off. it right they still keep coming to me they still keep uh, and when I say they, I don't know what it is coming to me, but I have experiences um, all the time, especially when I'm in a haunted place of any sort. I can tell if there's something around me near me or wanting to um, bring a message okay. to me. In fact, the other night, just a couple of days ago, I was in bed and um, something touched my arm and then touched my ear. And I thought, oh, I don't like this because I've been touched before in different ways. I've been kicked up in the air. I could feel the foot 
underneath um, my back. And I mean, about, I'd say about a good 12 inches up in the air, um, a good foot. And then, uh, you know, I have strangled. I I've been choked in bed by a very angry uh, apparition at one of my former homes. I've, like I said, I just recently got touched again. We just got back from a trip and it was reminding me that it was still here because I had said to my husband, um, when we were away, I could watch my house. And I said, oh, it doesn't look like there's anything really going on in there right now. And Jet sure cameras. enough, this, yeah. You have Pardon? cameras in your house? Yes, I do. I have, I have video. Yes, I have video of um, what's in, what happens in my house every single night. Yep. Wow. Yeah, but, um, I've, got, I've got all kinds of experiences. I know, I know with the, the negative, uh, you know, the, the, when someone tries to communicate with them, if you're open and you speak with them and you say, look, I can't help you, you're upsetting me. And you speak to them nicely, of course. I can't help you, you're, you're upsetting me, please go away. Um, they do. In fact, they do leave. Um, poltergeist maybe not so much because they have something to prove and they need to be heard and they will keep on doing what they're doing and the more you ignore them the worse it gets but with people like uh, just trying to get a message to you and like you said gently touched you touched your arm touched your ear uh, do you say to them do you actually speak with them and say look I can't handle this at the moment please go away you're upsetting me um, okay, so I'm going to do a two part on that question. Um, and yes, when this happened the other night, I went, uh, we had just gotten back from a long trip. And I was probably I lied down, you know, in bed at night from probably more than not more than 15 minutes when that situation occurred. But what I did is I went into my, um, I have the ability, I my uh, program videotapes you know what's going on in the room so I went back and I decided to see if it was just my imagination or whatever and I saw this um they call them light beings uh orbs mm -hmm. very propelling oh, very glowy uh not dust not bugs not moisture not the whole 10 yards but this is what I capture in my house every single night but anyway um I did say I didn't say anything to it at the time but I have to throw in the butt here. Um, when we first moved, we moved back here. Um, I'm in Minnesota from being away for over 20 years in other places. And the very first or second week of being in this house, I actually got locked out of the house. And you can't lock a person out of the house with a deadbolt on our house because it goes over the frame. And so um, that's when I sat down. You should never ghost hunt in your own house. You should never use your K2 meter. You should never sit and have a conversation with these, these entities because you just don't know exactly who they are. But anyway, I got locked out of the house and that was the one and only time I sat down. I pulled out my K2 meter. I pulled out my, um, my program where I could actually get words and talk directly to whoever, it was a poltergeist, by the way, and it took about two weeks to get it out of the house, or it left freely after creating such havoc in the house. And that's when I actually, I yelled at it because 
Um, the reason why is when I got locked out of the house, I was on this strong medication at the time. And I was outside with a painter who was, um, we were talking about painting certain things on the outside of the house. And my husband was 45 minutes away at work with a client and I had to use the bathroom. I'm sorry, but that's what really what was happening. And I thought, I cannot believe this is happening to me because all my doors were locked. And then what it did is as soon as I walked out, it shut the door and it turned the deadbolt on me. So when my husband, we called my husband, he came home and with his client in his car, by the way, <laughs> to let me, yes, I know. Hi, we got to go to my house. And so he's having a meeting 45 minutes on the road with this guy as he's coming to rescue me to get back into the house. When he opened up the door, there's a lock at the bottom and there's a deadbolt at the top. We discovered that what was closed was the deadbolt. And like I said, there's no way you can deadbolt somebody out of your house in my house without that deadbolt going over the frame and knocking into it. It literally had to shut the door and turn the deadbolt. Well, but this anyway, is what I guys do. They're the ones that are the noisy spirit. They're the ones that That's... can move things around. They're the ones that right. can touch things. But how did your husband get in through the door? How did he get in the house? Did the, well, use the... the key? Yeah, but the bolt was still across, or did it come? Did it undo? He used, he used his key, yes, and then he undid the he undid did the deadbolt. Oh, the, so the he... bolt. Oh, I see the key actually opened up the bolt gotcha correct correct he opened gotcha. it up and we discovered it wasn't the lower there's there's a also a lock at the okay so there's a deadbolt at top and there's another we i call it a pop lock where you can turn this little thing and it kind of also can can lock your door we discovered that it wasn't that lock it was the deadbolt that was actually locked 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 me out of the house so wow. yeah I've had, okay, so you're asking me about talking to them. Um, sometimes it's better not to acknowledge their presence. If you know that they're in the house, you just kind of ignore them because as you acknowledge them, you're actually giving away more of your energy and that's exactly what they want. They want your energy. And so you have to be very careful. And I'm gonna move this to another, I'm gonna go back to that picture for a moment and I need to add, add something to this. So, Lately, when people see their images of their loved ones, or they think they see an apparition of them, or they think they feel them, or their things are going on in the house and they think it's them, sometimes it's not always them. It could be what we call a trickster. And a trickster is more on the demonic side. It wants mm -hmm. your energy. It wants you to lower your guard. It wants, mm -hmm. it can literally, these things can make you sick. Okay. Yeah. So people ask me all the time, how do you know the images in that window were not your um, great aunt and your great grandfather, but disguised as them because they knew that once they showed to you that you would be back at that house a lot doing a lot of more investigation, which I was, by the mm -hmm. way. And then I realized over time that other apparitions have also moved themselves into the house and into the barn. And I had an experience in the barn and so, and also experiences in the house. And I'm just telling you that I do believe though, they were the real deal mm -hmm. at the time and they weren't tricksters. Yeah. But you don't want to give too much of your power away yeah. and your energy away to an apparition. Wow. 
so that's i mean i've never had well i could have had experiences but i i've sort of said no that didn't happen sort of thing so i do believe as you can tell from me asking you questions and stuff that i do believe and i know what happens and i have a lot of experience with um uh, knowing about the paranormal not dealing with them so, so let's move on to um the uh, extraterrestrials i what got you i mean we're going this is a totally different uh, topic now we're going from paranormal to ufos and aliens so what got you interested in that what experience did you have and with your research that you've done over it and talked with people what have you found out all right so let's go back about mm, five years and let's let's ask myself what how did i feel about uh, UFOs and aliens and all that at that time, five years ago, I would have told you, eh, I don't believe in this stuff, or, uh, you know, I, I'd have to see it to believe it, or I've never had an encounter, or how can you tell the difference, or something like that, but, so I was much, I didn't believe in this stuff yeah, five because, years ago. Because of the paranormal, and believing in that, and doing all your, you know, your, your, um, investigations and everything surely you were open to the possibility that there could be um i was open but not that much here's where it here's where my turning point came my turning point came when i went to a conference um or a workshop conference in las vegas and it was on consciousness esp remote viewing psychic ability and stuff. And I was having, keep in mind, I have over a hundred different types of experiences. I'm not only telepathic, but I have psychic ability when it wants to turn on and off. I have the ability to affect movement of objects, including elevator doors, clocks. I mean, I could go on about the things that I can affect. And so I went to this conference and I wanted answers. Yeah. And the answer I wanted was this. How can you tell if it's a paranormal experience or if you're doing it yourself? That's what yeah. I wanted to know. So I, there was a point where the speaker was getting up and he was talking about different energy and all this kind of thing. And it was the, the right time to ask this question. So I stood up. And I said, I have a question for you. I need to know, how can you tell if it's paranormal or if you yourself is the one doing these things in your house or this or that or whatever? Because keep in mind, I've had uh, even the poltergeist activity. I, you know, did I do that or did, did, was it something else? And, the, and after I told this man, the expert, um, all things that I had had been happening to me, he looked dead right at me and he said um have you ever been abducted by a ufo force or uh extraterrestrial force and you don't have any memory of this and i stood there with my how thumb are you gonna say <laughs> how are you gonna say yes i did when you don't have any memory of it <laughs> exactly and i'm just i just i'm like keep in mind though i really wasn't jiving with um 
with the UFO alien phenomena at all, really. Yeah. I was just like interested maybe, but not really into it because I was having so many paranormal experiences. And when he said that to me, I just froze in my tracks. And he said, from he said, this is what he said to me, from what you describe, it sounds to me like you have been abducted at some point in your life and you have absolutely no memory of it because your memory was erased and that's very common. He said, the stuff that's happening with you opening up, I can open up an elevator door most times without even touching the button. Now, most people would say, oh, it was coming down or somebody was intending to go on to it or this or that or whatever. No, I'm not talking about that at all. And you'd have to be with me to understand that this isn't the case. But the thing is, is that I affect a lot of things. Um, and there's things that go with that. But anyway, when he said that, that was my turning point of the, uh, um, of the ufology, wanting to learn more about alien forces, extraterrestrials. And then I learned that there was like 57 to 100 different kinds of alien type beings out there. And we haven't put our finger on all of them yet. And no, they're not just little green men and grays and all this that we hear of they can actually be invisible and they can actually affect you and i mean i could go on and on about this forever but that was my turning point so then you wanted to know what kind of an experiences i have had with what i believe has been extraterrestrial okay so my first experience was um um when i was in a las vegas hotel room about three, four years ago by myself, I go to Las Vegas, by the way, a lot. And I go there to write my paranormal books. Don't ask me why people think it's really quirky, but I think now I'm most comfortable here. I do get a lot of done when I'm there. So most of my books have been written in Las Vegas, but anyway, mm -hmm. um, something was in the room with me one night. I was probably on the 60th floor of this really fancy hotel and something was in the room with me. And I could tell that because the lights are flickering. There was knocking going on behind my head. And I thought, oh, great. Another paranormal being is in here with me right now. Well, just ignore it and go to sleep. And it's not going to hurt you and all this. When I woke up in the morning, I felt really funny. I mean, like different. I felt really like, um, like something went through my body and, and just gave me a really good uh, just a really comfortable cleaning. I mean, I can't describe the, the way I just felt really refreshed, I guess. And, but to the point that's more unusual. And I said, well, this is kind of odd. I never feel like this. This is really weird. Anyway, it was shortly after that, when I went to the doctor and I discovered I had, I had cancer and I can freely talk about this on your show. It's okay for me to bring that up. Um, what someone had told me was that whatever was in that room wasn't paranormal. It had something uh, to do with a, um, an alien type uh, being force or whatever, and they were actually checking my blood. And my doctor had told me at the time, he had said, um, you don't realize this. He said, you're, an, you're a miracle. Um, this, is, this is what's happening with you now is terrible, but the thing is you're a miracle and, and just remember that. But so that was my first, but my, I've had other similar experiences, but the one that really captivates me 
is when I woke up one morning here, it was June of 2021. So I'd say pretty recent. And I had, I went into the bathroom, you know, and I had a blood red colored handprint on my, on my, my front body, but the hand, I don't know if you can see it, but it was upside down. So it was, it kind of looked like this, but one of the fingers was really crooked. It was like really obvious. And then that same marking was also on my dresser that was next to me. And I'm sorry, I'm a terrible duster. Anyone who doesn't like to dust would know what I'm talking about. Anyway, the same hand marking, it was a very elongated fingers with the same crooked one of these fingers i call it crooked take finger. a picture of it it's in my book i don't have it i don't have it in this one um and so yeah i did and i took a picture yes of the handprint on my body um i have it illustrated but the 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 hand mark was very bright red and it took three hours for it to just disappear, disappear. and it stayed on my body like that yeah, three like hours. A burn, which and is, so I said, more like a burn than the mark. Yes, yes, yes. It would look like a burn, a red burn mark. But it was like I could show you though. It was like right about right here, and it was just very deep and everything. And it was like somebody or something was touching me. Now I have to add one more piece to this. So. There are occurrences that happen in this house. There are occurrences that happen in many people's houses and they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. um, it was probably, oh, I'd say a month before or something that that happened when I actually heard, do you know what it sounds like when, for those of you who are watching this, if you live in a winter state or a winter, winter country where you have snow and you're out there shoveling and you're scraping the sidewalk, if you can imagine hearing, er, 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 I woke up one night and I actually heard in my bedroom and it was about three o'clock in the morning and there was nobody out shoveling. I mean, it wasn't even echoing from two blocks away. There was nobody outside shoveling. And this was actually occurring over my bed and I could hear it and I woke up to it and I thought, what on earth is that? So I don't know, maybe I had a spaceship open up in my bedroom. I can't tell you, but I can tell you that the this marking was absolutely shocking. And I should add another thing to this. I did some research on handprints and 900 to about a thousand people have reported, there's probably even more, but have reported handprints showing up on various parts, their face, their back, their this. Imagine if it was on my back and I never even known, mm -hmm. ever even known about it or had a mirror to point that out. You walk around with a handprint on your back. They have no conclusive, they can't figure out how these handprints are showing up on people's bodies. And this includes babies with them showing up on their faces, on their arms, on their legs. Um, in my case, it was right here, so. After Next after that, after that experience um, and being told that you probably were adopted and your mind wiped out, did you go to contact uh, experts in this field and speak with them? Yes, I did. I went to a 
they call this person was called a past life regression therapist. Mm -hmm. And um, I went in and I said, because he had he had been known apparently he had talked with another woman and she he was able to bring her all the way back to her et extraterrestrial experience and so it was pretty traumatic and and devastating and to this day she still apparently um, communicates with some type of an alien being force somewhere and i went in and i i wasn't quite sure that he was going to be able to do that with me but i wanted to find out if he could bring it out of me. Okay. Well, you're going to be interested to hear this story. Okay. So I'm sitting in the room and I stopped him for a moment just before we started. And I said, we're not in this room alone right now. I can, I can feel that some, something's in here. And I felt about three different apparitions sitting on a couch in that room. Yeah. It was like, I said, I can't, I don't know if I can do this because I don't know what their intentions are. So I felt like I was blocked a little bit because I was paranoid. He made me wear one of those masks or eye masks, you know, over mm -hmm. my eyes. Now that makes a person a little paranoid too, right? We're in a strange house in a strange neighborhood, but the first time therapist, you're supposed to let yourself go. And how can you let yourself go when you're terrified because you feel something sitting in the room with you? Well, anyway, he did the best he could. He brought me back um, a couple of, um, um, I don't know, uh, hundreds of years ago or whatever. And I saw myself in different situations, but he couldn't bring me back to figure out if I had ever been abducted because I was just too blocked and too paranoid about being amongst what I was in that room with, et cetera. Anyway, long story short. Um, when I get into a very low, kind of a depressive, kind of like miserable state of being, I activate my remote viewing and my abilities to make predictions very, very clearly. And so when I left here, I mean, so now we're inconclusive about the, the UFO thing. Don't know, maybe yes, maybe no, not sure. But now... I realize that my frequency when it gets really low is when I make, I can tell you, yeah, he's like baseball. We went home, we sat down. I was very kind of really depressed after this session. Just, I don't know, because of what he did with me. And um, my husband was watching American baseball on, on TV. And I said, that guy's going to do this. And this guy's going to do that. And I was making all of these predictions and all of them were absolutely spot on exactly what they did perfectly. But not just that, one of the other things that I, that activates in me during these types of moments when I'm at a really low frequency is that um, I can win casino jackpots very <laughs> easily. You go to in Las fact, Vegas. <laughs> yep. And I have won 13. Well, no, I correct that. I had won 13. That's what's been why I purport my stuff. We just got back from Vegas, um, you know, a few weeks ago. And so uh, add two 13 in the last four years, three more, and it could have been four, but I ran out of money. And when I left, this one guy jumped on machine and he won it within five poles. And that really made me mad. So it could have been four, but I won three more. So 16 jackpots over 
1200 US dollars all the way up to 10,000 in the last four years. You now, should play roulette or poker or something. Oh, I play roulette. Oh yeah, I'm good at roulette. I can pick numbers pretty well. Yeah, my, my sense is, yeah, I do. But it's just really, um, my abilities are coming out and because of this and things, and when people who have been abducted or have had experiences with um, an alien type of force, they have abilities sometimes that cannot be explained. Same with the, you know, that's why you hear some psychics sometimes, they don't know where this comes from, but also this can be led back to trauma, it could be led back to near-death experiences. There's all kinds of things that can happen to, to activate something inside of people that can actually bring them to this point. Well, in my case now, I've had a few, what I think is extraterrestrial moments, and I would love to know if this handprint on me I wish I could tell you the crooked finger bothers me and they were pretty elongated. So imagine on my dresser. So yeah, I'm yeah. not a hundred percent sure, but yeah. So but, I mean, that, that, like you said, was a recent thing. So the paranormal thing has been going on for a long time and your investigations have been going on a long time, but now you being told that at the, uh, at the conference and then having that experience um, has got you interested in the UFO and extraterrestrials and stuff. And you've, you said you've spoken to, to one person who is a regressor, but have you actually spoken to anyone who's supposed to have seen a UFO? Oh, definitely. In fact, um, on my own podcast show, I'm gonna be talking with a gentleman here shortly and it'll be on my podcast um, who's immersed in he he started showing me all the stuff that he has had he's actually on um, YouTube and um, on a Facebook page and he's been showing a lot of his stuff and yes um, and in fact yeah there's a couple people that I have talked with who have had and seen um, unusual um, uh, forces or things. And I'll give you some examples. So it makes more sense. Um, blue orbs, for example, seems to be highly reported uh, with um, uh, seeing them. And these are like these blue balls that are flying around, whether mm -hmm. they're in a house or out in the country or flying here and there, whatever. Mm -hmm. Blue seems to be a common, um, common theme, but blue orbs are also, by the way, have been attached to Sasquatch discoveries and explorations. There's a connection now between Sasquatches and, um, uh, and UFO occurrences. And so that's a big deal right now. Um, that's one thing. I've had people that I've talked with that have seen spaceships. Now, keep in mind that one of the things that I'm gonna learn about, I'm gonna be um, going to a conference and I'm gonna be a featured speaker at this UFO conference coming up in Las Vegas this March of uh, 2022. Um, basically, um, people have seen ships, but some of them are actually, uh, when I say our own, I'm talking about made from, you know, our own countries or our, the United States. Or a satellite or something. And it's Correct. an unidentified flying object, but it's not Correct. extraterrestrial. 
Correct. But I'm going to be going UFO watching with a man who claims that 20 years ago he had uh, grays or something show up in his kitchen and they downloaded into his mind. It's really crazy. So I'm going to be interested to talk to him. But he's a tour guide in Sedona and he's very well known and he brings people out on these UFO watches. And so what he's going to point out when we're out UFO watching is the difference between what's our stuff, you know, what we're making and what's flying around up there and then the real, the real deal. And he said that we'll be able to, he'll be able to, you know, help us understand the differences. And I can't wait for that one. Yeah, yeah that sounds are, really exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So, yeah. It's, um. So do you believe in extraterrestrials and UFOs, even though you haven't seen it completely um, where you have to believe it, whether you want to or not? Is it still R in with you? And that's why you're talking with other people to get more uh, information and to decide whether it what happened was what happened and uh, not something else? Um, I think if you would ask me five years ago, that was one opinion. If you ask me now, I would say definitely. Um, there is stuff going on out there that we can't explain. There are things that are showing happening. I've seen enough footage now and evidence from people who have had situations where this isn't all just made from our own hands. It could be but you know, it's not being disclosed that it's being made from our own hands. So you have to keep delving into it, but there's a lot of programming going on, especially here in the United States now with many different kinds of programs that are trying to nudge this stuff out there to not cause massive panic with the public that we haven't been alone for years. This stuff has been around for years. It's just we're in a period of time right now where we've taken such an interest in it that it show, you know, that every time you turn around, you can't help but wonder about something, or you try to put the pieces together and you really can't explain it, and neither can scientists. So it comes down to the conclusion of what are we dealing with? Okay. And and how bad do we one of the things I learned at the conference, which I should throw in here, is that we have known about this stuff for a long time. The problem is, is that we don't know how to protect ourselves really from it. Okay. So you don't, they don't provoke it a lot of times um, from what I understand, because they don't know what it will do in turn to come back and either retaliate or, or whatever. So they've been working around this stuff for a long time because they have no idea how to, um, what to do about it. So um, that's part of it right there. We all just kind of move along, but there is a lot of stuff going on. Yes, with this, and I'm out to learn more about it. I mean, I've, I've done, um, I've talked with people that have seen uh, a UFO. I've, uh, um, my auntie who passed away quite a few years ago, she, actually spoke with me about time that she thought she saw a UFO. So I've done my own investigation just for the, the sake of writing a blog about it or whatever. So the way I see it is we're a planet, we're a species. Yep. 
there are many planets, universe, galaxies out there. We can't be the only planet with life. And if we could send rockets to and satellites to other planets, then what about the other planets that have life? Where what are they doing? That's how I see it. I've I've never seen evidence. I don't know for certain, but I believe that we are not alone. We can't be. Well, and one of the things too that you have to understand is that let's say you're walking out in, in a forest or in a wooded area and you might see, let's say you see some kind of something really unusual. You don't touch these things because the radiation that comes off of these spaceships or whatever, or, or the area, or even whatever, actually can kill you. Yeah. So um, there are people that are known that have been affected. Um, the men that I'm going to be talking to in, in the next few days, he actually had a beam over that came over him. And it wasn't a helicopter. It was a beam from a UFO that actually um, put its light onto him. And you hear these situations all the time where they try to grab people and then they end animals too, and they beam them up or they bring them up. Mm -hmm. And of course, no, I've never seen this, but he did talk about how he had the beam and they just got out of there and they watched this thing. And it wasn't a helicopter or a police copter or anything like that. But my concern, he's very, very, he's got abilities now. But my concern with him is that, like with all the other ones, is over time, they develop a really, some type of cancer, really bad cancer though, but from radiation poisoning. And so this is the other thing. Do you really want to see one? Because if you do, what kind of danger are you putting yourself in, even if you don't touch There's, the craft? Even though he said he moved away from it and he watched it and he saw it, what's saying that they it. didn't beam him up? and then wiped mm. his memory and then put him back down. And he thinks mm -hmm. he just saw the beam and walked Correct. away when in fact- Correct, correct, correct. He doesn't have any memory of that. That's, it is very possible that that could have happened to him. That is correct. People do lose their memory for an hour or two hours or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, time has really gone by really fast today, right? And so that's exactly right. There are things happening where um, we're not even aware all the time, you know, if it's happening like right now to us. What I have flying around in my house, by the way, I don't acknowledge it because I'm not quite sure if it's paranormal or yeah. something of more of a alien light being type sources or whatever. All I know is that it hasn't affected me, but I can tell you one thing. Something is directing me and I can't explain it, but I'm not that, I mean, I've got a doctorate. Yes, I've got a PhD and I'm very smart and I've got five advanced degrees. Yep, I'm very smart. But there's things that come to me sometimes that I myself would never have thought of. And it's almost like something around here is guiding or feeding me, which on my own podcast, by the way, I brought up the other day when I, I just posted a podcast and I said, sometimes I wonder if I'm not being used, because they know that I'm the voice, they know I'm going to talk about them, they know I'm going to bring it up, they know I'm going to question this stuff, and that's exactly what they want. Sometimes they do want their attention, but they use you in a way where you it's think very, it's all coming from your own mind, and it, that's what it, I. Yeah, that's what I'm it saying. Could very well, very well yeah. be that. 
there's well, just there's no say. evidence to to find no. out if it is or not that's um, correct i have to ask go back quickly to to if you don't mind me asking about the cancer um mm -hmm. what cancer was it and are you okay now did it go away um yeah it was a uh, um uterine cancer and you may say, oh, that's very common. Well, not where they found it. And yes, they took it out. And um, I'm three years in. I've got a couple more scans that have to be done first. But knock on wood, at least as I, as I talk to you today on the show, I am in remission and I'm cancer-free. I never had to that's go through wonderful. chemo. I never had to go through. Because when the doctor said to me, he said, you are a miracle and you don't even know it. Um, yeah, I guess I am a miracle. Uh, and something is keeping me around. Um, because I had, I nearly died of COVID twice last year, not to bring up the old political COVID thing, but you need no, to know this. That, yeah, yeah. So I nearly died of COVID twice last year, when they were just in the initial stages of all this, I was very sick. It took me eight months to get over. But wow. I, I came out of it very healthy. But then, yeah, I mean, but then I'm also a shot survivor too, because, and I can explain the shot one. This is to, to get people all nervous. They just did, when they injected the first shot in me and my husband, they put it in the wrong place. And because of that, it caused us to have a really weird reaction. And in my case, I had kind of anaphylaxis. And so I had to go through testing on that, which I'm perfectly fine with these We're shots. We're talking now, about the but, vaccine now, but, when you had your vaccine shot. They're supposed to put it in yeah. the arm. Yeah, they put it in the wrong spot or they hit a blood vessel or something mm. directly in there. You can have a the reaction of feeling a little disoriented, um, drunk, uh, dizzy, really unusual. And, and so that was finally explained to me on my booster shot, which was in the U.S. We have three, got yeah, to, we're we up to our yeah, third yeah. now. Yep, and I had asked about it and said, you know, I don't know how I'm going to, react here and then I explained it and he and the gentleman who was an, a registered nurse said chances are likely you had it put in the wrong place and it's like yep because my husband went through it too but not mm, anaphylaxis I went through anaphylaxis so yeah nope I'm perfectly fine as of this as of today as of our our talking here and uh I'm good when, when you got COVID the vaccine wasn't around so you got the full the full uh, dose of the COVID with, I mean, now it's yeah. a weak strain. Back then it was, yeah. it was, it was very, very strong. And because there was no vaccine, people were right. very, very sick. And like That's you correct. said, it took you eight months because, because of yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very thankful that you're okay. And um, yeah. to get it twice and to live through that, to have an anaphylactic shock and to live through that, and to have cancer and to live through that mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. is is watching you someone's looking after you i'm i'm telling you that something wants me here i was i was worried when i was sick with covid because when your system is really weak like that that's when some of the negative apparitions yes. will take their opportunity to drain your energy and yes. essentially make you very sick it was it took some time, but I came out of it stronger and better of it. I could never, a year ago from this taping, a year ago, 
I was, I was seeing a lung therapist to help me breathe. They didn't have a room for me when I went into the hospital numerous times. I wasn't in that because there were no beds for me. They sent me home. Um, I don't want to say this because it might upset your uh, listeners, but they sent me home to die. And my husband was a good nurse. He's not a nurse. He's a, you know, he's uh, in education. He's much higher than that. But the thing is, my point is, is he really watched me. And, um, and then all of a sudden, things finally started turning around. So yeah, something is watching me. I'm a three time, three time survivor of everything. And um, something wants me here. Something wants me to talk, I guess. And that's, that's my job right now. My job is to bring it up, I guess. So anyway. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, it's been f fascinating and such a pleasure to talk with you. Um, you said you've got 10 books. Uh, where can people find your work? And uh, let me know about your podcast as well. Okay, so if you're interested in any of my books, my most current books are Message Received and Manifestations. Those are two my most popular, excellent books. You can find them um, on Amazon under Dr. Kelly Renee Schutz, and they'll pop up. Okay, those are my best books, and I sell a lot of those. Um, my uh, website, go to my website, www.paranormaluniversalpress.com. And on that website, you'll see all of my 10 book covers and learn a little bit about what I write about in each book. So that would be very valuable. And then of course, I'm speaking at the UFO uh, mega conference in Las Vegas um, in March of 2022, um, actually March 22nd. If you're from the United States or from wherever and you wanna come see me, you buy a, a ticket, which is relatively low cost. You don't have to go to the conference at all. You can just go to the workshop. They've done something very different with this one, which is great, by the way. And how you can read more about my biography with the UFO stuff, which will be very fascinating. Go to www.ufomegacon.com. And then when you're on there, scroll down to workshops scroll down to my my you'll see my face and you'll see me in glasses and you'll see read more underneath my image click on that and there you'll have a nice long biography about many of the things i'm going to talk about in las vegas and your podcast and i'll what one more time and your podcast what are they called oh yes 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 thank you to get to my podcast go back to the www.paranormaluniversalpress.com. Go up to the upper right-hand corner. You're going to see this. There's a tab. It's called Podomatic. Click on that for Podomatic. It brings you right into my podcast. I usually post once a month, but I'm going to post more now because of the conference. And you're going to see I'm about at 90 episodes and I have literally over 200,000 um uh, downloads and in just a short period of time. And I don't, I don't post that much. It's just, I'm very popular. I'm ranked very, very high in my category. So that's how you can find me. You can listen to all kinds of segments and people that I've had on the show. That's wonderful. I'm going to have all those links at the end of this video and, uh, on the audio podcast under the description, we'll have those links as well. Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure having you uh, as a guest on Behind the Pen. Um, 
absolutely fascinating. Uh, I wish you all the best with the uh, um, things you find out, your any more experiences you have and uh, with your um, books. I hope uh, everything goes well with the conference as well. So thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Well, and thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Thank you.